Ketzerayim Tov, we continue in the Sefer Das Hasviros. On Friday, we began discussing the Sphira of Malchus, which is the 10th and final Sphira. Uh, as we continue learning, will be it will the, the text reviews itself, so I don't have to review what Malchus was. But we get other terms what Malchus is, and then the author brings us back to, again, what Malchus is. So he says Malchus also is called the Shekhinah. Okay, so now if we will define Shekhinah, we'll define what Malchus is. So how do we define Shekhinah? So he quotes from Yitzhak Isaac Cover, who says, the concept of Shekhinah is the aspect of Hashem's supervision his actions and his illumination to his creatures as the and the main essence of the shechina is that hashem dwells and exists by the jewish people this is the similar what rab chaim of Alajan says in nefesh Achayim. the word shechina comes from the word shochein to dwell so that's the simple meaning a kvias dira, establishing a domicile. And that's what the Medrash says, from the day that Hashem created the world, he desired very strongly to have a domicile in this lower world. And the main domicile of Hashem is in Yerushalayim, where that holiness is revealed without any garments of that. <coughs> we'll explain even more. But that's the main thing, Shechina from Shochein, to dwell. Okay, and Hashem dwelling amongst us. That is the Shechina. How does that happen? Well, the al says the famous word that we've heard so many times. Hashem says, Make for me a temple, and I will dwell in them. And the famous word of the al says, It doesn't say I will dwell in it, but I will dwell in them. Because the ultimate sanctuary of Hashem is the human being. And from there, it spreads to the Mishkan. Okay. And that's what the Nevershechaim says, and that's what the Saferno says, that had the Jews not sinned with the golden calf, we would not have needed a Mishkan facility at all. But the Shechina would have dwelt inside each Jewish soul. And that's how it was by the patriarchs. They were a Merkava. They were a chariot for the Shechina, as all the commentaries tell us. So what's this concept now? Let's get clearer now. What does it mean that Hashem is Shochem? He dwells. What does it mean that Hashem dwells in us? That's such an abstract idea. And the answer is as follows. That if you people do the will of Hashem through learning Torah and the mitzvahs, we are essentially establishing a recognition that Hashem exists. And to the more to the degree that a human being recognizes Hashem's existence, to that degree Hashem is residing more into the world. Now, of course, Hashem does not need people to recognize Him. He is perfect in every type of perfection. He lacks nothing. But He created a world and desired strongly that He should have a domicile below here, as the Medrash says. Why? Uh, and, and and the way that happens, how does he have a domicile below? It needs the people below have to make one for him. A welcoming presence of Hashem. 
And that only happens when the people down here recognize his kingdom. Because we don't recognize Hashem's malchus, it doesn't reveal. So there's no expression of the fulfillment of the malchus in this world and that God's will has been maintained, that he has a dwelling place below. So therefore, when people recognize, and what does it mean recognize? Not just mentally recognizing. Obviously, it's got to be mentally, but they got to demonstratively show that I am a domicile of HaKadosh Baruch And that's what we've said this message many times before, that through the various sins from Adam right through till Avram, the various sins, the Shekhinah ascended above. And only the patriarchs and the tribes could bring it down. And what does it mean to bring down the Shekhinah? It means revealing the, the, the majesty of Hashem. And therefore God returns to dwell within us. And that happened because of the patriarchs. And now it makes it more stable because of that recognition. And he brings from a, a number of Kabbalistic works that says that the, we have to know this fundamental principle that in the beginning of the creation, the main Shekhinah was below. And they had all their virtues. And therefore, right in the beginning, when Hashem finished creating the world, the heaven and the earth were bound together. There was no separation between the two. And that's why it says right at the end, that the heavens and the earth became all finished, or really all incorporated one within another and filled one with the other. And they were all like pipes going back and forth, totally bonded. Or as the Pasuk says, It's the heavens rejoice and the earth does as well. And therefore when Hashem fills everything from the top to the bottom, as it says in Yeshaya, Hashemayim kisi, the heavens are my throne, it's hadom raglai, and earth is my footstool. So therefore Hashem is like, Mamash, you figure, you've got a throne and a footstool. What connects them? The king who sits on the throne and his feet are on the footstool. And that's the way it was when the world was finished. Came first man and he sinned and he wrecked that all up because that needed a recognition and when that recognition failed, the Shekhinah was no longer there. It ascended, meaning to say the recognition is only in higher worlds and not in lower worlds. And says the Vilna Gong that the world stands and exists with that recognition. The Vilna Gong says that this general idea from all the details, when every single Jew praises Hashem and recognizes his honor and there's the Shekhinah below, and if God forbid for one minute there isn't someone who recognizes Hashem's honor, the world will go back to nothingness. Now that is what the Vilna Gon says. It's interesting. He's doing the, the Nefesh Chaim or Chaim Velozhin just says it regarding to Torah. There wouldn't be learning of Torah. But the Vilna Gon adds it's the recognition of Hashem. You need at least one person to have that recognition or there's no connection at all to the world. So we see the whole maintenance of the world depends on the recognition of humankind of the, the, the realm of Hashem. As we said, the whole goal of the creation is for God's honor and that he should have a dwelling place in this world. 
And the dwelling, you only have a dwelling place if people invite you in. Now, listen, who do you invite into your house? Well, if you don't think God exists, then you're not inviting anyone into your house. Or even you think Hashem exists, but you're not really happy with him being in your house. Maybe he's not happy. He's not happy if you have certain things in your house. If you understand the king's coming to your house, you're going to maybe fix up your house a little bit. And the Medrash gives a very nice parable to the following. A king has many uh, warehouses, storage houses of great gifts, filled with diamonds, gems, everything. He says, what do I need them over here? I'll get some servants. I will feed them with all this good stuff, and then they will praise me. So it is this whole world that exists. Hashem created the whole world. He's, it's his whole storage house. And what do we got to do? Our job is just to bless and praise Hashem. And that's why Hashem gives us this world, to benefit from this world, to appreciate what Hashem does for us, and then we will praise Him and recognize Him. And that's why every Shabbos, when we say, Nishmas Kolchai, every soul should praise Hashem. It says, Shekein Chovas Kol HaYitzurim. This is the obligation of all the Yitzurim. Yitzurim means fashioned beings. To bless and to praise Hashem. So why are we called Yitzurim? That is given to mankind. So the commentaries say, because the Pasuk says, Am Zuyotzortili. I fashioned these people for my praises to say. And that's why a person is called a Yitzur. One who is fashioned, because he's created for the purpose of praising Hashem. And the Vilna Gona adds that the Jewish people are called, so to speak, the body, the limbs of the Shekhinah. That through the Jewish people, the Shekhinah resides below because we are carrying the job of revealing the kingdom of Hashem. And the Vilna Gona says that Hashem rests in the hearts of the Tzadikim. And if there are no Tzadikim, then it would, uh, it would have to rest amongst the Tzadikim who have passed on. Meaning to say that if the hashra of the Shekhinah, the resting of the Shekhinah is a recognition of the kingdom of Hashem in the world and doing Hashem's will, so it's going to mainly come and rest with the tzaddikim who have already recognized this more than everyone else. Now he says another important aspect. So therefore, each and every one of us, we have to understand, just like we know there's an idea of an embassy, What's the concept of an embassy? The U.S. Embassy in China. Okay. Now, what does that mean? Well, China is a bad place. So what's the U.S. Embassy doing over there? Well, first of all, there's a law, even in the law of the world, the embassy, even though it's in China, it's like it's part of the United States. It's like it's, it's U.S. territory, even though it's in China. Very interesting. So therefore, if, if China would, would kill anyone in the U.S. Embassy, it would be an act of war. Well, so what is Hashem asking us to do? On this world, every house is meant to be an embassy of Hashem, an embassy of heaven. And we're turning our home is a piece of heaven. It's an embassy of heaven. And therefore, all the laws of heaven exist in that embassy 
And therefore, that's what Hashem wants. He wants every home, every human being, your soul, to be an embassy of Hashem. And that means, if you're an embassy, everyone knows in the embassy of the United States, United States law is followed in that embassy, not Chinese law. And therefore, in your if you create an embassy for Hashem, then the laws of God's realm apply there, as opposed to planet Earth by itself is not a divine place. And therefore, what comes out becomes the next point becomes very obvious that the Shekhinah really rests only through the unity of the people. And that's what the Vilna Gon says in Mishlei. He says, he says that when there's unity amongst the Jewish people, then Hashem dwells amongst the Jewish people. Not just one Jew, the entire Jewish people. But if there's fighting in Machloikas, then Hashem says, I'm repulsed. And there is no Gilui Shina then. Now why is this? Why does it depend on the Achdus of the Jewish people? Because again, what's the Malchus mean? It means the Shechina HaKadosha, which is also called Knesset Yisrael, the Congregation of Israel. That's divided up into so many little pieces. So if there's divisiveness within Kalal Yisrael, then the Malchus cannot be revealed there because lacking some of those details. Remember, we are all considered like one human being. The entire Jewish people are like one person. And therefore, if part of you breaks off, then you're breaking off. And let's make it even clearer. The, the author does not say this, but it's much clearer by saying the following. If Hashem is the Melech, He's only the Melech if we recognize, if everybody recognizes Hashem. Okay, so let's say theoretically every Jew recognizes Hashem. Oh, let's go to this week's Torah portion, Korach. Korach recognized Hashem just like Moshe and everybody else. But Korach created a dispute. And if now is there a dispute within people who are ambassadors of Hashem, imagine if one embassy in the yeah, like uh, United States probably has more than one embassy in China. You have a different cities. So in one city there's an embassy and another city's embassy. And what if those two embassies are fighting with each other? So then what kind of ambassadorial representation is happening over here? The Chinese are going to say, well, make up your mind. What does your country say? What does your country do? And therefore, if Jews themselves are fighting with themselves, how can you fight with yourselves if you have a common king? I mean, do what the king wants. The last thing the king wants is infighting. You can have arguments. Arguments is one thing. Difference of opinions, that's fine. Everyone wants what's best for the king. Their titles say, I think this works out. But we're not fighting with each other. When you're fighting with each other, how can you be defending the king? How can we say there's one God when there's people who are fighting with each other? We're all children of God and we're fighting with Hashem's children. And that is why when we lack Jewish unity, that caused the destruction of the second temple. As the morale says, that all the first temple was destroyed because of the three cardinal sins, but the second temple only had the Hashros Hashchina. Why did the Shechina come back? 
because Jews united to come back. And that created the Shechina. But when they came to Sinas Chinam, then the Shechina leaves by definition. And therefore, the Beis Hamikdash gets destroyed. Now, now we come to another important concept. A lot of times before we do a mitzvah, there's a special Kabbalistic statement we say that we want to unify want to unify HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Blessed One, blessed be He, and His Shechina. So now, we've done a deeper understanding that Malchus is Shechina because through the Malchus, Hashem dwells below and runs everything. And the fashion that we now see how Hashem is doing things is through the Mashpia, the giver, the one where the flow comes from, and the Makabal, the recipient. And we said already, when I look at the five faces, that the top face is the parts of, of, of uh, well, I'm sorry, um, let's not look at the top face, let's look at the lower face. Zera uh, Ampin, okay? The small face. The small face is also called Kuchabrichu, where we're delivering things. The recipient, the makabel, is malchus, is called the parts of nukva, that of the female, the receiver. So therefore, when we're talking about the analogy of the male and the female, husband and wife, where the husband's giving and the wife receives, so the same thing, what we're having over here, is that Hashem, kuchabrichu, is giving in to the world, and he's bringing in his shechina, and we are receiving the shechina. And that could be no greater reality than that. Similar to the analogy of the sun and the moon, that the sun is the one who's the giver, and it shines, and then the receiver is the moon who receives that, and therefore the Jewish people are related to the idea of Malchus because we count by the moon and not by the sun because ultimately Malchus, that's what we say, David Melchus roll by the moon because the moon is the one that receives all the light and there's the perfect match. And therefore we find in this Malchus of Knesset Yisrael, the congregation of Yisrael, means every Jew is part of the Malchus and includes all the higher spheros and everything now has come in. So now we can understand when we go from bottom up, we talk about the Jews have kings, Malachim, that, ref that reflects the attribute, the meat of Malchus. We have tzaddikim, a step higher, that's yesod. We have chosim, we have visionaries, that is hod. Those are the ones who could see the reality of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Nevi'im, prophets, we say is netzach. The, those who illuminate Torah, that's tiferes. Warriors is kvura, chasidim is chesed. Nevonim, very intelligent people is bina. Chachamim, wise people is chachma. And Roshay Alpha Yisrael, the heads of thousands of Jews, that is the Kesser. So again, it's a little bit beyond all the details here, but you're seeing the total connectivity of the Jewish people in that area. And obviously, what this is saying on a deeper level is the relationship between the Jewish people and Hashem incorporates all the Midas of the Malchus. And just like you have uh, two beloved people, and just like the whole Shir Hashirim, is showing the love that's between the Jewish people and Hashem in every aspect. 
So basically, the main avoda in the world below here is to establish and keep the Shechina in its place through our actions of Torah and mitzvahs, by that thereby revealing the kingdom of Hashem in the world that was created for this beautiful combination of the giver and the receiver. And that brings all kinds of beautiful uh, energy into the world. And that is what the Rashi's Chachma says, because the Shechina always sings a Shira. As the Pasadolah, don't be silent, Hashem. And this really, when everything's in the perfect place, that's where song comes into play. So therefore, to get even more clear, what is our avoda in the tikkun of Shechina? What are we trying to, what, how do we make this happen? We've done everything we can until this point. We've learned Torah. We understand what the will of Hashem is. We now are clear what we should be doing. We have das and we know we're living in the reality we should be doing this. Then we have to get emotionally involved through Chesed, Gvur, and Tiferes to have exactly the right emotion involved. Then we actually do what has to be done to be minatzeach, to win, and to be consistent. And then to have the hold that this all becomes recognized, that it's, it's just happening with Hashem's help and we have that humility. And then we have the Yisod where we're just sending it right into the destiny and not putting it in the wrong place. And the Machos is, it comes to that place. So how are we ensuring that it comes to the place? So where's the Avoda here? So the Reishis Chachma says that the main, the choicest Avoda is to bring satisfaction to the Shechina and cause for there to be the unity and the reception of the flow from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which only comes from the mitzvahs that are done with the kavana to repair the Shechina. And he brings amazing words from the Zohar. And let's uh, say what the Zohar, paraphrase the Zohar over here. And you'll see very soon what this idea is. The Zohar says, Hashem says, anyone who studies, who's involved with Torah and Gemilus Chasadim and Davins with the congregation, I consider it as if the person has redeemed me and my children from the idol worshiping and astrological signs. And more, the more that people make efforts in their Torah and they do chesed and davening, um, and, 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 and we're doing that, still will not bring a redemption unless we have the effort to bind up everything with HaKadosh Baruch. And what is the deeper understanding of Gemilas Chesed? So the Zohar says, Ein Chesed, Ein Chosid, you're not a Chosid. If you act kindly with your Creator, that every mitzvah you do is to redeem the Shechina, and that's how you're doing Chesed with Hashem. What does he mean? Because remember, Hashem wants the world to come to its tikkun. Hashem's desire is that we should He should dwell with us. When we sin, then Hashem isn't with us. And uh, that, that's not a good thing. And if we go off into bad places, Hashem has to send us out, so to speak. Just like if a king is, is very upset with somebody and he sends out his princes, princesses, the queen, 
And he says, I'm not coming back until they come back and do tshuva. That's the same concept over here, which means to say that we have to remember the whole goal of all of this is that Hashem's dream should be realized. And the attribute of the Shekhinah means, of, of the Shekhinah, is the idea of doing chesed with Hashem. Chesed starts with Hashem. The chesed, Hashem says, I create the world in a way that I can't do it by myself. You have to coronate me. And therefore, every time we're doing a mitzvah, the avoda is the learning or the mitzvah is for the tikkun of the shechina, and that will bring a tikkun for the world. As the Gemara says, again, uh, as we quoted, when you do this properly, it's like you redeemed Hashem. And that can only happen when you think a lot of the Shechina and the Tsar that it's in, in Golis. And therefore, when I'm doing mitzvahs, I'm trying to bring the Shechina back and I'm redeeming the Shechina from the Golis. That's what our Kavana is. We want the whole world to, to I, I we want to say, Hashem, I want you to be in my house. I want you to be comfortable with me. I'm doing things that show that I want you with me. And I'm encouraging other Jews to do that. It's not just good enough to do the will of Hashem, but the world must now realize that Hashem is bonding with the world and he's living in the world. And that's the malchus, that's the ultimate malchus is coming out. So it's not that Jews are good and nice and we do a lot of nice things. It's that everybody who sees us recognizes that the king is here. Everyone knows that I am the ambassador of Hashem. I am the embassy of Hashem. My home is the embassy. My shul is the embassy. My body is the embassy. Everything is the embassy. And I'm doing it all for that purpose of the embassy. And that's what Luzado says. There's two types of love when it comes to service of Hashem. There's the love of Hashem and the love of the Shekhinah. And the love of the Shekhinah is even better. And the Ramchal goes on and explains. The love of Hashem will be found in all Hasidim, pious Jews, who keep uh, and guard uh, the Torah. And they're very careful about mitzvahs. And that's definitely love of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, staying away from bad and, and doing good. But love of the Shekhinah is a desire and a yearning to repair the Shekhinah mamish. In, in every form of how it's built. And that's more chosen than anything else. And that was the praises of the patriarchs, that they really wanted to build Hashem Shechina. You can love someone, but how much effort are you making that the whole world should recognize that this is Hashem's world? This is the Ava Shechina. This is the absolute malchus that we are trying. And obviously the flip side, Chas Vishalom, when we're in the Golos, the idea is that the Shechinta Bagalusa, the Shechinta is in the Golos. Because of our sins, obviously the Shechinta is not dwelling with us below. It's not recognizable that Hashem has a rulership. And therefore, Hashem, uh, uh, if he doesn't dwell with us, uh, and he's not connected to us, so that reduces his greatness of people's understanding of Hashem. Okay? And therefore the Reishish Chachma says all the more so now because of our great sins and this great bitter God lawless that we're in that the Shekhinah does not get aroused because there's no Karbanos but it's it's aroused a little bit by what the Tzaddikim do. That's amazing but we still have so much more to do. And this is the great Avoda that a person has to think about. 
Because you have to remember, the fear of doing an Avera is why? Not at all because of the punishments that can come, which of course they ultimately will come. But the worst part of an Avera is we drive the Shekhinah into the goals. If a person would realize that that's what happens when he sins, and he's taking all this great bounty, and he's saying, I don't want it. And what happens is it gets redirected to another place. All those good energies that are meant to come to you, when we do sins, they come to another place. And that's the that's what the real Golos is about. And we want to repair all that Golos. And again, that same idea, the king says, I'm only going to come here when everybody else is going to come here. And that's, that's the critical point of feeling, and that's when we're coming up now. Tisha B'Av is coming in the next, within 40 days. The real pain isn't so much the suffering that Jews have, because that only comes because of the great disconnect that we created this um, schism between us and a Kaddish Baruch Hu. And therefore, since the whole root of creation started with a tzimtzum, that Hashem concealed his reality, and he concealed it for the purpose of us bringing out the reality, and that was the whole purpose of the world. And the whole Malchus, Hashem, concealed the Malchus for us to bring it out. Therefore, when we allow the Shechina to be revealed, we have now brought the purpose of all of creation of what Hashem wants. And with this, we can now explain one last thing. The many statements from the rabbis talk about Perak Shira. There's a chapter called Song. How it describes, we gave one out to the shul a number of years ago, over Shavuos, where every part of creation sings a song. Grasshoppers, cows, sun, moon, forces, fire, everything. It's like 85 songs. And they're, and they're written out and we can say them. And, it's an, and it is a beautiful thing. And there's many uh, words of the statement that says wonderful things. It says anyone who engages in Perak Shira in this world will merit to uh, learn and teach, uh, to learn and his studies will remain with him. He'll be saved from the Yetzirah and all terrible things that happen after death. He's saved from Gehenim. He will merit Yemoisa Mashiach Elam Haba. Others say if you say Perak Shira in this world, you will merit all the blessings uh, to say it in the next world. Like it says, Oz Yashir, there'll be songs in the future. Blazar Gadol says, anyone who's engaged with Shira every day, I testify him that he's a Ben Oilam Haba. All this great stuff. So the Leshem explains what's the big virtue of singing the Shira. Because what is so great is because you're reflecting on what is going on in this world. When a person says, you know, I know that the frog sings to Hashem. What does it mean to sing to Hashem? The frog acts the way Hashem wants him to do. And I see God's kingship over the frogs. I see God's kingship over the sun. I see God's kingship over the birds. I see God's kingship over the day and over the night. Because when you sing, when you sing, that means you're manifesting your purpose in this life. Now everything in this world meets its purpose. Every single thing meets the purpose. There's sheer for everyone except for one. That's the autumn, the person. But if you are reflecting and saying, you know, there's amazing world, but it's these these not an independent. They all go back to Shem. I've taken the eighty-five most critical elements 
of the entire world. And I'm saying they all sing to Hashem. So what am I saying? I'm really saying this whole world, the whole world is God's embassy. And I'm privileged to live in that embassy. Now, these animals and these, and these natural uh, in, uh, activities, they don't have free will choice. But I have the choice to recognize that they are making the embassy happen. And the more I recognize that, then obviously, I hope I would behave in that way. If I am in the, I've realized that the whole world is God's embassy. So how would it be if I'm an ambassador and I'm spying for the other country? That'd be terrible. So I should be motivated that if I know I live in the embassy, I behave that way in the embassy. And that's why just saying the Perak Shira every day, it doesn't take that long, but that would be a great description of one's coronating Hashem. Okay, we'll stop it over there and continue tomorrow.